0: think it's so cool that we had the Children's Choir make their debut as we're dedicating children today. I want to thank Sister Donna and Jared for doing a great job with them, amen. They're not easy to get to focus, huh? It's like herding cats. So great job. They did such a great job. Uh, this morning, I'm going to bring a message to you about strengthening your child's faith. And we're talking about children this morning, and I want you to remember, no matter what it feels like on certain days, children are a blessing from the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Even in their teenage years, they're a blessing from the Lord. Amen? You know, sometimes they'll drive you to your knees or drive you into the prayer closet, but that's good. And I thank God for all the prayers and all the uh, lectures and all the discipline that my parents put into me to make me somewhat of a productive human being. And if you like anything about me, it's probably their doing, so give them a hug after service. But in talking about strengthening our children's faith, uh, we're going to look at Psalm 103, verse 12 through 14. If you're taking notes today, write that down. Uh, Psalm 103 The psalmist says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust." Powerful text here this morning that applies in so many ways. We're going to unpack it and look at all the implications. But I want to say this to start off. Raising children in today's culture is not for the faint of heart. Let me say that again. Raising children in this culture at this time with all the confusion and all the departure from the Judeo-Christian ethics that made the nations great, it is not for the faint of heart. And parents, if you won't take a lead role and you won't step up and even be aggressive in keeping your children from being sucked into things that are unbiblical or immoral or just not good for them, they will be wooed by this world. So we need to do more than ever to do our part. You know, in the 40s and the 50s, uh, it was different. In the 60s, you know, I was born in 69. My parents were hippies. You know, there was a different thing. But... Today is quite a challenge. It seems that we've departed from sanity and reality. And our children are in the forefront of that every day. It's not for the faint of heart to raise children. If God gave you children, he's also given you the tools and the skills and even the backbone to get the job done. It takes patience and guts and wisdom and faith and tons of grace today. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Did you hear that? What we do in our children is an investment. We're training them up. We're teaching them the, the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We're teaching them the principles of God's word. And the promise of Proverbs 22 is if we'll do that, if we'll sow into them that when they get old, they won't depart from it. So don't look at them just now and think, you know, I don't know if this one's going to make it or this one, you know, this one's just, you know, maybe we need to put them back and try a little longer. I don't know. But come on, second service. You've all felt like that at times. But listen, God wants us to know that if we pour the right things into them and we're disciplined and we do our best, you don't have to be perfect. There are no perfect parents. If you're trying to be perfect or you're trying to portray perfection to them, stop it. Just be real. Amen. But if we'll do what God asks us to do, to train them up, when they get old, they won't depart from it. I heard an illustration many years ago in chapel at Bible school, a preacher talked about, you know, launching uh, students into the future. It's the same thing as launching children into their future. He said it's like Planes taking off the deck of an aircraft carrier. If you stand on the deck of an aircraft carrier, when a plane takes off, it's shot off the deck, and then it drops below the deck so that everybody who's looking at it doesn't see it anymore. And for a brief second, you're not sure if that plane's going to power up and take off or it's going into the drink. And that's the way it is with children. But listen to me, if we'll do what God's asked us to do, I guarantee you 100% of the time they will power up and head off into the future that God has made for them. Amen. Come on, do you believe the promises of God this morning? Amen. They might scare you sometimes. It may look like you're going to have to launch a rescue mission. But God's going to power them up and be faithful because his word says so. Now, I've heard a lot of parents who are frustrated trying to raise children in this generation and in other generations. And the thing that they say is, well, children are unteachable. They don't listen. They don't want to learn. You know, we can't get the remote control out of their hand. We can't get them off the video games. They don't listen. Does anybody want to admit in church that you feel like that sometimes? Well, the truth is this. They are not unteachable, it just takes quite a bit of effort. And the truth is that if you've ever been to SeaWorld, you've seen that they've trained porpoises to play basketball. Come on, anybody been to SeaWorld? See, what they do, they jump out of the water, they hit the ball on their nose, they get it in more times than I can get it in. Dolphins hitting three-pointers, come on. If they can train dolphins to play basketball, we can train our children to serve the Lord this morning. Amen. It takes effort. It takes discipline. And if we put the time and the energy in, God will honor that and do his part. It's not easy To get their attention all the time, it's not easy to keep them focused. It's not easy to get them to see the truth, but we have to labor, we have to work, we have to find creative ways to minister to them. It takes humility, it takes creativity, it takes patience and a lot of prayer. If your children haven't driven you to your knees yet, they will. If they haven't driven you into the prayer closet yet, they will. And it's a good thing, amen. You and I are here because people prayed for us, stood in the gap for us, fought for us, amen. We need to do that for our children. So be creative, be humble, be patient. Uh, With lots of prayer, uh, we should strengthen their faith and prepare them to be everything God called them to be. Now, there are three ways to strengthen our children's faith, and the first one is this. And this is the most important. The first thing we can do to strengthen our children's faith is to point them towards the Savior. Let me try that on this side here. We've got to point them towards the Savior. Amen? In case you're wondering, his name is Jesus. And we've got, of all the people we introduce to our children, we've got to introduce Jesus to them. I remember with my sons when they were very little, talking to them about the Lord, leading them to Christ, saying the sinner's prayer together with them. They might not even remember. I remember. Because my primary role as a father was to not just be a provider or an activity director or an entertainer, but my primary responsibility as a father was to introduce them to Jesus. And that's the first thing we have to do. Point them towards the Savior. As Christian parents, it should be priority number one to help our children not just get religious, not just to be church attenders, but to have a genuine personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. They could gain the whole world. They could have the, uh, the biggest car and the nicest house and the most money in the bank, but if they gain all that and forfeit their souls, what have we done for them as parents? Psalm 103, the psalmist reminds us, that it's God alone who removes sin. Look what he says in verse 12 here, the text we read. He said, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. When we ask God to forgive us of our sins, he forgives them and he remembers them no more. The word says he cast them into a sea of forgetfulness. He throws them as far as the east is from the west. Now, if you understand the implication of that statement, it means they're in affinity, they're gone, they're remembered no more. If you confess your sin to Jesus and you come to him and say, you remember that sin I did last week? And he'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yet we don't forgive ourselves. We don't let it go. And the enemy brings it back to us and rehearses it over and over in our heads. And and we feel guilty and shameful. But God forgives and God forgets and God casts our sin away. You say, well, whose sin does God remove? Those who attend church, not necessarily. Those who mean well. Those who do more good than bad. Those who are God's favorites. Did you know God had favorites? He doesn't. Whose sin does God remove? Those who have believing parents? Those who are religious? No, he removes the sin of those who have a personal relationship with him. Make God the centerpiece of your home. Don't let wealth, sports, work, leisure, entertainment replace the importance of knowing God, of serving God, of going to church, of knowing Jesus as Savior and Lord. It's the most important thing you'll do, parents, is introduce your children to the Savior. Number two, the second thing we can do to strengthen our children's faith, we've got to introduce them to Jesus, We've got to foster them having a personal relationship with him. But number two is we need to model God's compassion for them. And this is very important because children need compassion. I only got a few yeses on that. No, you got to be hard with them. You got to be disciplined. You got to be like a drill sergeant with them. You got to stay on them. There's some of that, but they also need compassion. Who would admit in church that you need compassion sometimes? Any, anybody take a Kit Kat break during the day? Give me a break right? We need a break. We need compassion. And we need to model that for our children, model God's compassion for them. God shows his compassion for us. Look at verse 13 of our text. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on all those who fear him. See, it's a personal relationship that we would fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not dread or terror or that we would grovel in the presence of God. The fear of the Lord is having for for God in our lives, respecting the things of God, respecting the call of God, respecting our bodies before the Lord. So we're to fear him, and God does what? He has compassion on those who fear him. A normal parent is always rooting for their child. Any normal parents here? When your kid's playing baseball and he's up to bat, you know, even if it's T ball, you're like filming and you're cheering and, you know, it's like, whoa, you're not up there going, strike him out, no hitter. <laughs> playing basketball, they're at the foul line and you're yelling from the stands, miss. That's not what we do. When your kid gets up, when your kid's on the court, I mean, it's the most exciting. You watch, I mean, even the worst kid on the team, their parents light up like, I'm thinking, don't get too excited over there. You see the way that kid dribbles, he needs prayer. And the lights go out. So special effects today, just part of the message. But model God's compassion for them. Parents should be their children's greatest cheerleaders, their greatest encouragers. Can I get an Amen. But while it's natural for us to have compassion, and most parents do have compassion, it's also true sometimes that we are the hardest on our children. That's a good place to say amen, too. You know, we can be, oh, compassionate sometimes, and then we can ride them, and we can nitpick them, and we can just drive them, because why? We want the best for them. We don't want them to make the same mistakes that we made. Come on. And sometimes we're just a little too hard on our children. Sometimes we expect more from them than we're putting out. I'll never forget watching a parent yelling at their kid over something that I knew the parent was doing worse than the kid. You're yelling at them and I'm thinking the hypocrisy of that. I didn't say anything, but just sharing it with you. But we've, we can't be hypocrites. We can't ask more from them than we require of ourselves. We have to be willing to model compassion for them. Yes, we're their greatest cheerleaders. Yes, we, we are wanting them to succeed in all that they do. But sometimes we can be the least gracious with them. Ephesians 6, 4 says this. Listen, specifically speaking to the fathers. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the fear and admonition or the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The Bible's telling parents, specifically fathers, don't drive your kids so hard. Don't be such a drill sergeant that you don't show any grace, that you don't show any compassion. Why? Because if you do that, you're gonna provoke them. How are you gonna provoke them? You're gonna provoke them to quit trying if you're impossible to please. If you grew up with a parent that was impossible to please, and that no matter how hard you tried, it was impossible, listen to me, something breaks inside the hearts of those children. And the Bible's telling us specifically fathers not to do that. So fathers, don't provoke your children. Be compassionate to them like your heavenly father who has compassion on those who fear him. Now, besides provoking them, there's one other thing we need to stop doing, and that's nagging them. Now, there's no scripture for this, but I'm going to direct this to the mothers. Ladies, you got a way of getting your point across through the ancient tradition of nagging. (laughs) Loosen up a little bit out there. I'm just going to start telling the truth. Your mom could nag you into doing stuff you didn't want to do to the point where you do it just because it was not worth going through the nagging. Come on. And that's... That might seem like a way to motivate our children, but how many people, once you've done something that you were pressured into doing, how many people, you know, enjoyed doing it or did it with the right heart? No, you didn't. You did it because you had to. There's an old expression that says, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still meaning that, you know what, if we're forced to do things, if we're nagged into doing things, then then it's really not the heart that's in it. So we've got to try and motivate our children, but we can't provoke them and we can't nag them. And all the parents said, Amen. amen. Here's what we should be to our children. We should be a listening ear to them. There used to be an old expression, children should be seen and not heard. How many remember that? from like the 40s and 50s or something. You know, just dress them up, comb their hair, sit them in the corner, and they're not allowed to. No, our children need to be heard. Do you need to be heard? Do you want people to listen to you? When you share your heart, when you share your emotions, do you want to be heard? And so children want to be heard too. So we have to have listening ears for them. I know there's times where we're tired or we don't have much patience or they're not making sense. But we got to hear them anyway just give your children a break sometimes oh no you got to hold their feet to the fire you got to you know you got to be on them all the time you got to discipline they're so undisciplined no sometimes they like us just need a break did you ever have a bad day you guys you guys are not talking back to me i'm coming out there do you ever have a bad day Did you ever need a break You want your boss to ride your butt all the time, and what are you doing, and what's going on, and how long, and you're one minute over lunch, and that's where you want to work? So give your kids a break sometimes. I see parents, like drill sergeants, like like their house is a prison, and they're the warden. Who wants to live there? You're like thinking, 18, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of here. You don't want to make your house like that. You don't want to make your family like that. So give them a break sometimes. Sometimes just cut them some slack. Sometimes put them down for a nap. Put yourself down for a nap. <laughs> but we've got to be compassionate to our children. Always tell your children that you believe in them. Always tell your children that you believe in them. Some of you here today have never told your children that you believe in them. Come on, let's just get real for a second. I correct them, I discipline them, I put a roof over their head, I put food on the table, but do they know that you believe in them? Tell your children that you believe in them. Tell your children that you're going to love them no matter what. It's so important. God's word tells us over and over again that God loves us no matter what, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that God forgives us and and covers our sin. He tells us over and over to reassure us we've got to do that to our children. They should know that no matter what they do or what they say or how hard they fall, that mom and dad are still going to love them and be there for them. So tell them you believe in them. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them that you'll always love them. Remember, being compassionate means letting them skin their knees every once in a while. You got to let them fall. You got to let them struggle. You can't do everything for them. We got to hear this. This is the bubble wrap generation were padded and helmeted and this and that, and they can't do this, and they can't go there, and they can't. Do you realize, look, I grew up in the 70s. Do you realize the things, the death-defying things we did on a daily basis? There was no such thing as a helmet. We didn't have helmets. We built jumps out of boards with nails sticking through them and flew through the air and fell down and bit our tongues and climbed trees and fell off of buildings. My parents don't even know half of the things we did. We used to climb up on top of the chicken coops and fall off backwards into the weeds and it would knock the wind out of us and we'd laugh. (laughs) Oh, you gotta have a helmet, you gotta wear this, you need knee pads. Bunch of sissies. (laughs) Let them toughen up, let them experience life, let them skin their knees a little bit. There's a balance here. We need to protect them. But we need to also let them experience life and realize there's consequences for our decisions. So don't provoke them, don't nag them, but be compassionate towards them. Number three, the third thing we need to do to strengthen our children's faith is this remind them that they're only human and so are we. Mom and dad, I want to tell you the greatest thing you could do with your children is be real. Well, no, I gotta, I gotta hold up a persona. I gotta put on a facade. I gotta pretend I never struggled. I can't tell them what I did in my teenage years. I gotta, you know, I get, I can't. If they know, they'll go wild. They'll go crazy. Listen, just be real with them. They know you're a goofball. They live with you. They see your flaws. They see your moods. They see your tone. You know it's like at your house—it's crazy. Kids are screaming. You're threatening their lives. You better and then all of a sudden the phone rings. Hello, (laughs) Leonardi Residence. (laughs) You're just telling them they were gonna you're gonna lock them up in the basement. And we play the game and we put on the facade. But listen to me, the greatest thing we could ever do for our children is be real with them, to remind them that they're human and so are we. We hold up this standard that no one could live up to and it damages our children. We've, ever, you know, we've heard people say like, well, show them what you're made out of or you know, discipline you know, and all of these things. And there's a place for that. But you know what? I don't need to show my children what I'm made of. God sent Jesus to die because of what I'm made of. Last time I checked, I was a sinner that needed grace, and I've never been perfect or even close. My sons know that, and I try to be real with them. Share with them the things you struggled with that they struggle with. Oh, pastor, I can't admit. I can't tell them. You know, I just got to no. My parents were in the 60s. They were a bunch of hippies. They still haven't admitted the things that they've done. <laughs> Looked like Sonny and Cher when they got married over there. <laughs> but it's like when you're real with your children, when you just are human in front of them, it gives them license to be human as well. God knows, look at our text says here, for he himself knows. What? God knows. What does he know about us? He's mindful that we are but dust. Understand, we're frail, we're weak. He knows our frame, it says in verse 14. He knows what we're made out of, and he knows that he had to send Jesus to die for us. Why? Because we're, we're like dust, Don't portray yourself to be a piece of iron when you're dust. For he knows our frame. Thank God. What does that mean? He he knows that we're only human. He knows what to expect from us. He knows that we're weak and we're easily deceived and we're distracted and prone to wandering. We're sheep. The Bible calls us sheep. Do you know, sheep are not the smartest animals. If you just learn some about the behavior of sheep. They wander, they get lost, they fall into holes. They get, I mean, they are not smart. And God knows we're weak and we wander and we get distracted and we get easily drawn away. We've all faltered and failed. We've fallen more times than we like to admit. And even those who love Jesus with all their hearts blow it sometimes on our best days, at our best moments We're still lost and we still need Jesus. So it's okay for us to admit that we're human and to allow our kids to be human as well. A friendly reminder to every parent here today, what your child deals with out there on a daily basis is is more volatile now than almost any generation has faced. Have, Have you, are you guys afraid to clap this morning? Here, let's just try, just clap. You can't make noise in church. If there is a if there is a football game on, woo, say oh yeah, I agree with that. I ain't saying nothing though. It's okay. We're allowed to make noise. So, you know, we've got to we've got to model that transparency with them. You know, and, and God knows what we're weak, and He knows that we're dust. But every parent needs to deal with their children from this place of. Uh, being real with them. We, they deal with stuff in the world today that we can't even imagine. I think about my generation when we grow up, like the biggest problems in school were like talking in class and chewing gum, you know. That was what you got in trouble for. Now they got metal detectors in school. They got guns and knives and gangs and crazy stuff and school shootings. And, you know, it, it's just unbelievable what our children have to put up with on a daily basis. And they deal with a fallen sinful nature and all the appetites that go with it. They deal with the persuasive and persistent spiritual enemy enticing them at every turn. They deal with an aggressive sinful world that pressures them to conform. And in all the challenges they face, they have to struggle with the spiritual DNA that they inherited from us. What we're weak at, what our problems are, our children struggle with too. Did you ever hear that expression? Well, he's his father's son. Listen, sometimes that's not a compliment. (laughs) So we pass things on to them with our attitudes and our behavior and our generational things and our wrong thinking, that they have to deal with that as well. So parents, if you're dedicating your children today, make sure you know your children know these four things. Number one, you're not perfect, but you've learned a few things along the way. See, it's the fact that if we get real with them and we admit that we're not perfect, they'll be more open to receiving instruction from us because we were real with them. If we pretend to be something they know we're not, when we tell them what they should do or what they should avoid, they're not going to listen. They don't ever have to pretend to be strong when they're not. While we teach our children to rely on the Lord to be strong in the Lord, they need to have the the ability and you know, our blessing to be release emotions, to be sad, to be angry, to be disappointed, to to cry tears. Let your t- children show their emotions. You know, I've heard so many things, you know, we've all heard, if you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. What happens when they really do have something to cry about? Are we willing to let them express their emotions? If we're not, we're going to hurt them, we're going to stunt them, and they're going to be dysfunctional adults. You and I are going to love them and be in their corner no matter what. Children need to know that. Be their greatest cheerleader Tell them you're proud of them. When they're successful, celebrate their success with them. And the last thing parents dedicating children should make clear to your children today is this. God can handle everything and anything you bring to him. Let's teach our children to run to Jesus with their issues. Amen. Mom and dad, we want to be there. We want to have a relationship. We want to be a listening ear. But if we only teach our children to run to us and not to God, we've done them a great disservice. There's times where they're going to have to get what they need from the feet of Jesus. And teaching them a relationship, teaching them intimacy, teaching them how to pray is a powerful thing. So. I encourage you to pray over your children, to pray for your children, to teach them to pray. And as we dedicate them today, I pray that all these things that we cover today would stay in your heart and your mind, that as you live out these days and raise these children, the Lord would bring these things to your memory. Today, Sister Kim is gonna come, and we're gonna have all the children who are being dedicated come and stand on your corresponding stickers. Come on. Come on.